I'm John Aaron, one of the teachers here. We'll sit for like 40 minutes and I'll, I'll guide a bit of that. One of our great teachers died on Friday, Ruth Dennison. Not somebody I knew at all personally. She lived out in Los Angeles and uh, was 92 and was quite a character from what I understand. But one of, her, one of the quotes I do know of hers, which I always find entertaining, is, I never nap so well as when I'm being guided in meditation. <laughs> so um, I, I, won't, I won't guide too much. Because um, I don't want every, you know, it's Sunday morning. People aren't necessarily going to be sleepy anyway. So, um, but I will. There, there's I, just before I left this morning, I, I printed out some quotes that she had on dukkha, on suffering, on dissatisfaction. Um, and uh, one one of these is. Looking at dukkha, looking at dissatisfaction is painful, but actually it is an act of kindness toward ourselves. So we can just sort of take that in, you know, as we're sitting. And she was also someone who was very much, um, she was somebody who was very much into mindfulness of the body in various ways. Um, I understand that if you went on retreat with her at her own center, you would be sort of crawling on the floor of the desert um, and doing all sorts of other movements and things. So, you know, as we sit this morning, really, let's let's be with the body as much as possible, just as a kind of tribute to her and her teachings. Um, so, just finding a posture which is relaxed but alert. allowing the eyes to gently close unless you're feeling particularly sleepy, in which case just have a soft gaze on the floor. Take a few moments just to notice how the mind is just now. Is the mind active, constricted, open, calm. (coughs) What is the mood of the mind at this moment? The underlying emotional state, without having to do anything about it, simply knowing what it is. Noticing how the body is. If tension is being held in the shoulders, in the jaw, face, the eyes. Just giving yourself permission to relax. (coughs) Softening the belly. And just knowing the body sitting here, contact, weight, pressure, temperature. Just knowing sensation coming and going. sound, knowing the breath, knowing the the body being breathed, and just sitting with full presence of the body, of the breath.
receiving each breath as an act of kindness. So when I ring the bell, I'm going to invite you all to stand and just come to a standing posture, a mountain pose. And we'll do a bit of mindful movement just in a standing posture. standing. In the mindfulness of the body, of the first foundation of mindfulness, the Buddha talks about the four postures, but we so rarely think about standing posture as a posture of meditation. Sitting, standing, lying down and walking. So just check in with the breath. And just being careful as you bring the arms out in front of you and up over your head, interlocking the fingers and really stretching toward the ceiling. Breathing, and exhaling the arms down, either by your sides or in front of you, depending on your neighbors. Once more, arms out in front, really stretching, exhaling. One more time, this time just bringing the, pointing the fingers up toward the ceiling. And as you exhale, just leaning to the right. Taking a few breaths here and really feeling the stretch as you breathe. Coming back to center. Exhaling to the left. Mm. And coming back to center. Big breath in and exhaling the arms down. (coughs) And then just in whatever way you need to, just kind of shaking out the body. And then just coming to stillness and we'll do a short standing body scan. So again, if you're you're comfortable closing the eyes while you're standing, try that. Otherwise, just having a gaze on the floor. 
just take a moment to enjoy the bells. Well, they're actually recordings of bells, but enjoy them. And just feeling the contact of the feet on the floor. How we can balance on these three points of each feet. Really. Our entire weight is supported by those feet. And yet it may not feel that way. Just coming up to the ankles, feeling how the ankles are part of that support process, keeping us in balance, subtle movements as we stand. The shins and the calves. The calves might be somewhat tight as a way of helping with the support here. The knees. Slightly bent. And the thighs. Again, perhaps feeling a little tension in the thighs as it helps support the body, keeping the skeleton upright. The pelvic area, where the distribution of weight happens between the two legs. All the organs of the pelvic area. So, just noticing if you're holding any tension here unnecessarily, feeling the contraction of the ribs, expansion of the ribs as you breathe. just hanging, sensing sensation in the hands, just the weight of the arms. Are they dangling free or are you holding them in some way that requires energy unnecessarily? Shoulders, are they relaxed or are they tense? Maybe even moving the shoulders a bit, seeing what's there. Coming up to the neck, and the skull and head, which is just so nicely balanced on the neck. All that weight balanced by the neck. Just notice sensations in the face and the jaw around the eyes. <coughs> and then expanding awareness to the whole body, just standing here, just feeling embodied. body that takes us around all the time. Hardness, softness, fluidity.
so I just thought I would uh, see what's in the room. Any, any questions that come up for you in regards to practice? Um, anything that came up today or has come up in the last week or so? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't have a question. I just had a comment. Just that I'm, uh, you know, I, I was really on the fence about whether I wanted I was going to come today, and a big part of me wanted to stay in bed. And uh, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really grateful uh, to to be here, and I'm really grateful that this exists. Um, this is a. Uh, I'm I'm new to the to this practice and to this um, space, mm. and I just wanted to express my gratitude. It's very nice. Thank you, Malcolm. Um, it was funny as I was I I, I had a, I have a rental car which I have to return after the sit, so I decided to drive down from Harlem this morning. And as I was coming down the FDR Drive, no, it's Harlem River Drive. I looked up, and on the Bronx side of the river, there was a big sign, and it just said gratitude. It was a billboard. It just said, gratitude. I thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> gratitude for what? The billboard? Or, you know, the, the day. It was kind of interesting. So it's just, it's lovely to, you know, have that expressed out there. So glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question about, um, I, I'm interested. I'm sure other people have this issue. Uh, I have a back issue. So when I'm at home and I'm, or anywhere, and I'm doing anything, I usually try never to sit for t- more than 20 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. no matter what I do, to help my back. So coming here and sitting for 40 is really <laughs> interesting. Mm. And I'm wondering, what, what do you do about that? Mm. Um, usually when I meditate at home, I'll, I'll do walking mm-hmm. meditation. But what else can you do? Sure. Is it... Um First off, does anybody else have that problem with back pain or just so is it a this is a chronic problem, right? And is it uh a is it related to something specific or is it just something you notice when you're sitting for twenty minutes? No, it's specific. I injured it and then, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sort of the prescription for not not making it worse or Helping it is not yeah, sitting mean, for more than 20 so minutes. So sitting for 40, we're not, the, the, the idea is not to be tortured. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, and anybody here who's taken a mindfulness-based stress reduction class, um, the, the first, um, one of the first, quote, rules of that class is about kindness for yourself and making yourself comfortable. So, um, you know, if you have the issue that you do, then don't force yourself to sit for 40 minutes. Stand up, because I think you, you can stand, right, if you can walk. I mean, standing is... Well, standing for a long time will right. set it off, too. Right, so you have to find what works for you. You know, I mean, some teachers may say, no, sit for 40 minutes and work with the pain. But if there's an issue, right, that is where it's bad to sit for 40 minutes, then don't, right? So stand for five minutes, go to the other room and do walking practice. I certainly, you know, um, and at home, do walking practice. We shouldn't, you know, walking practice is as much practice as sitting practice. And, you know, you can lie down and do a body scan or just lie down and do awareness of breath practice. I mean, there's no, there's no rule that says you have to sit, right? Nobody's holding a gun to your head, at least I'm not. And um, so I think it's really important to take care of yourself. And that act of kindness is something important. Um, uh, so that's, that's one side of it. The other side is, <coughs> it's also worth, exploring how much of the problem is not actually the physical problem, but your resistance to the physical problem. Because if this is something you're going to be living with for the rest of your life, um, you know, one wants to be able to work with it too, right? 
So it's really worth sort of looking at at what point the sensation, there's a constriction around the sensation, which is actually creating the suffering, as opposed to the sensation itself. And because sometimes what we find is that, you know, okay, so the back is, you know, feeling it. And then there's the, oh no, here it is coming, arriving, my back, right? I don't like this. You know, so each one of those things is causing a constriction. So rather than, you know, resisting the pain, it's more like, oh, oh, oh yeah, here it comes. You know, what, what is this really, you know? And what happens if I don't resist it? Can I, you know, can I sustain, can I sit with it for another five minutes just to see what that's like without the resistance? Uh, and it's not denying that the resistance is present, but it's not fighting that any more than necessary. So, you know, that's one way of, of using it as a sort of a teacher in that moment. Um, you know, and then just experiment, you know, because really, obviously, if you're going to be living with this the rest of your life, you don't want to have to be fighting it after 20 minutes every time, as long as it's not dangerous, right? If it's dangerous to sit for 20 minutes, that's another matter. Then you get up and, and walk and, and do whatever other body movement makes sense for you at that moment. Yeah? Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, I am, since I had my child about two and a half years ago, I'm always dealing with sleep deprivation and fatigue. Mm. <laughs> and since, I mean, I had a practice for a few years before that, and I pretty much have lost it since he was born. And I'm confused sometimes as to whether, I mean, I, whether I should, it feels like if I try to sit that there, it almost feels impossible because I'm so exhausted a yeah. lot of the time. Um, and I don't know if it's something that, like kind of similar to what you were just saying now, that I should just try to work through or if it's like not even, if it doesn't make sense right now to be even trying to sit. Mm. So how was it this morning? What was going on this morning as you were sitting? My body just really hurts. Right. And, um, and I've, I mean, I was just feeling, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and my body just feels like it's hard to just sit for, you know, my body's very tense and I just, it feels un unpleasant for sure. Right. I mean, not always, but But after you weren't fighting sleepiness. You were just it's not I'm, I'm not actually okay. um, yeah that's not an issue because I'm I'm so I have a hard time sleeping and the kind of mm -hmm. the more tired I am the harder it is for me to sleep right. so I'm not I'm never falling asleep okay no yeah hmm so it's similar right it's 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 taking care of yourself while at the same time using these various physical sensations as a as a, a place of practice, it was funny. I just for those of you that got here late, I, I started the sit just by talking a bit about Ruth Dennison, who died on Friday. And this is not a teacher I know at all. I knew at all. Um, uh, I know people who have worked with her very closely, but I was listening to a talk of hers on the way home yesterday, and she was talking about sensations, right, and. She, and she has this German accent, she has sensations, it's like sensational, you know, and she really gets into, so she was treating the, she was sensation and sensational, so it's like every sensation is a sensational event that we can pay attention to, because she was, her, her practice was primarily body-oriented practice. So, um, you know, as we sink into the body and we feel all these sensations, can we use those as a uh, place of practice? Um, what I'm hearing is that there's so there's so much going on. The body is so exhausted and so achy that it has a hard time sitting still. Because when it sits still, when you're sitting still, those sensations become really present, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if we're moving and we're active, we don't pay attention to it. Um, and so, 
you, it's the same way as you know when the mind is really active, right? So in in this case, the body is just calling for your attention, right? And um, so, and you know it's going to happen, probably. Yeah. So rather than than like I like to call it the wow factor, right? It's like. I sit here, you know, I was feeling fine, you know, and I sit here and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be still, but the moment I'm still, my body just does all this stuff. Wow. So rather than, it's like fighting it, it's like, cool. Okay, so what happens now? You know, let, let me take one of those sensations and just explore it. And it's not a matter of, of uh, uh, analytically exploring it, of course, but it's just sort of like, where's, my res- where's the resistance? What's going on here in this moment? And it's also not a matter of like only doing that. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of pendulating between this kind of narrow focus of one sensation, the more expanded focus of the whole body and it, all its sensations, and then much further beyond that. So we sort of, you know, touch on the, the really bothersome sensation first, and sort of, okay, well, what's going on? Then we take it in the whole context of the body. Oh, it's this whole body is sitting here. Not every place in the body is feeling that. Where in the body is it actually uh, stable and regulated? And then externally, like sounds and the space around it. So you sort of are, one can do this. Because it uh, so often, like when we, we sit, and I think this is probably the same with your experience, that um, we're trying to be so still that the mere efforting of that is creating much more resistance, right? So we're trying so hard that uh, we can't, you know, everything is coming up at once. So if we can recognize finding that balance between, you know, right effort. Keep in mind that when, you know, when the Buddha spoke of right effort or right understanding or right speech, the right isn't a matter of right and wrong. The right is a matter of balance, right? So, okay, so what's the balanced effort in this situation, right? Okay, so I'm... I'm feeling like I need to move because I'm uncomfortable at this moment, right? Uh, but I can't move because you know, I'm sitting right in front of the teacher and he's going to see me move. And it's like, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, or I shouldn't, I've been told I shouldn't move. I need to be, well, I'm, the more you tell yourself that, right, the worse it gets. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Let me just see what happens if I just expand the awareness first. So there's sound, there's, you know, just space and then come back to one sensation and explore it briefly so really treat it as an opportunity you know instead of a battle uh, and see what happens no guarantees but I mean it's worth playing with you know it's like ah well here it all is I might as well try and work with it because that's why I'm here I quoted you know this was um These are these Ruth Dennison quotes I printed out before I left this morning, right? So I said, looking at dukkha, looking at suffering is painful, but actually it is an act of kindness toward ourselves. Yeah? So there's, my, there's your suffering. The suffering is that your body is in, you know, because you've worked so hard to, to take care of your son. Your body is feeling it. Okay, well, whew, let me give my body some attention. You know, and we can give our body kindness and compassion without actually having to do anything. Another... But one other thing you can do is if there's a specific place, and this would also work, of pain, put your hand there. You know, it's like, feel the, you know, I feel my pain. I feel this pain. I care about this pain. And really treating it with kindness in that way. There's, there's something about self-touch which actually is really transformative. And we forget. Forget. So experiment. Yeah. Thank you. In the back uh, corner there. Yeah, yeah you. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, I have a related question to yours, Rachel, since I have a, I have a nearly three-year-old. And so my question is sort of, you know, before I had my daughter, I had a very regular 
practice and I sat daily for 40 minutes. And since I've had her, that yeah. seems impossible yeah. to do. And I guess I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how do you nourish and maintain this practice when, you, when it feels at least impossible to find yeah. 40 minutes or even 20 minutes to sit daily? Sure. Um, to, to, I can't, you know, I haven't attended a retreat in, since, what, yeah. you know, before I was, you yeah. know, when I was pregnant. Yeah. So I guess it's a more general question. Yeah. So there's what, um, love those bells. Um, three minutes an hour, you know, that, that might do it. So we stop, see what's going on, check the mind out, check the body out, just come to the breath. Three minutes an hour times eight, that's 24 minutes, you know, times 10, that's 30 minutes. That, that counts for sure. No, it's, it's, it works. Uh, or five minutes, I mean, whatever you feel you can do. But let's also not forget that we're not, the practice is not about the meditation, right? The practice is to bring mindfulness and insight into every moment of your life. So there is a, somebody reminded me that there is a retreat here in two weeks, a mindful parenting retreat. You know, which I, I presume will be partly about how we, you know, can take care of our child, children, you know, as part of our practice. Because it is a practice, right? You know, and so those moments where you're with your daughter, I think you said, right? You know, are you fully present with your daughter? You know, and when you're not, can you come back and be fully present? You know, just sort of paying attention to everything that's involved with that um, and treating that in a sense, as the meditation, you know, and yeah, of course you need the three minutes or five minutes or ten minutes for yourself too, um, and I think parents, uh, not being a parent, I can't say this, but I, I would gather, <laughs> I, I believe it's true, <laughs> that if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be as present for your children, right, so it's, it's sometimes just a matter of reminding yourself, I need this five minutes, I need this time, whatever it is, you know, I need this for, for my daughter, for my son, right? Because otherwise, I'm not going to be as present. So, don't worry about 40 minutes, don't worry about 20 minutes, but at least take those five or three minutes whenever you can. And when you're not able to do that, well, I mean, you should be able to do that, I hope. <laughs> um, be fully present, you know, just notice when you're not fully present for your child. Without judgment, just say, oh, that's interesting. You know, I, <laughs> I was just making dinner for him, but my mind was off somewhere else. So, oh, what's it like, you know, that act of love, that act of kindness, that act of caring, um, and that act of presence. You know, that's the practice. Like, the meditation is supporting that, of course, but it's, you know, when we can't meditate for 40, 50, 30 minutes, whatever, we have to... to find other ways of practice. And so just treat mothering as a practice, because it is, right? Yeah. That's very helpful because it's easy to um, feel, it's helpful as a framework to kind of carry into my daily life because it's easy to think that if, if you're not doing the formal practice, somehow it right. doesn't count. Right. So I thank you for yeah. sort of... We have to remind ourselves of that constantly. That. Yeah. And I mean, I had somebody in a class a few weeks ago. This is the MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction class, and we were doing these midway evaluations, and somebody wrote on the evaluation, um, I'm finding new ways to use mindfulness, right? So mindfulness is not a skill, right? It's not a skill that you check off and learn, right? It's something we, you know, we practice... We do formal practice to be fully present, to learn what it's like to be fully present. As we become fully present more and more of the time, we're not, uh, we're not deciding, oh, in this moment I think I'll be mindful and in this moment I'll be mindless, right? The idea is that we're, we're always mindful, 
or as much of, as possible, right? And the, and the more we do it, the more we realize when we're, we're, when we're not. And it's, as one teacher said, it's the falling asleep wakes you up, right? So the moment you realize you're not there, you're there. And once we start to sort of really experience that in a big way, then it just, it's always there. Um, it's not like you use it for something specific, it's just there. And we just have to remind ourselves of that. And it's, a, and it, uh, um, you know, as, and there are times when we completely fall off, right? And you know that, yeah, so. I just wanted to comment that lately I've had interesting experiences with walking meditation. I've gotten into it much more than I used to. And all of a sudden I find that when I start walking down the street, I'm noticing the wonderful things that my legs do. Hmm. You know, it's kind of, kind of gotten so that I'm, I'm just more aware of my movement and uh, that's a really nice experience. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, thank you. It's like, well, who's walking? Yeah. So um, I, I guess I've been, I've been doing a lot of practices that I feel like have, it's a little bit the opposite of what the first two people were asking. Um, I feel like I'm at a point now where I am finding a lot of strength and steadiness in my body, um, which almost like with that distraction kind of calming, I'm noticing that, that my mind is not strong and steady mm-hmm. and really, you know, all over the place. And when I think of what the prescription might be for that, I mean, would you say that, you know, that it seems like the insight meditation practices are, are, are very vast in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder maybe if you're feeling the way I am, should you just really stick with mindfulness of the breath? Like, would, would that be your prescription for so a sit? Just um, say a little bit more. Uh, when you're mindful of the body, every, the, 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 the mind is calm. Or you're calm. I mean, what, I'm not sure what you're... So, I, um, these days, I'm not having trouble sitting. My body, I used to think that it was the body that got in the way right. uh-huh. during okay. meditating. Right. And I'm not really finding that these days. Right. And things have so the body is together. calm, but the mind is... Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, Anybody else have that problem? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's the prescription? Yeah. With what some of these people have mentioned, but right. but right now the thing that seems to need my my compassion and some good strong practices are my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um, well, one is they're not disconnected. Obviously, mind and body are one. <coughs> Two is we think that because the mind is active, we are therefore not practicing. <clears throat> you know, a mind, an active mind and a mind that's in quiescence, a mind that's calm, they're both practice, right? We're simply noticing the mind is calm or we're noticing the mind is active. So mindfulness of mind, which is what you're asking about, is being aware of that. You know, we're noticing that, oh, the mind is active. Oh, the mind is filled with ill will. Oh, the mind is this. Oh, the mind is that. It's not, it's not saying the mind shouldn't be that way. It's just saying this is how it is right now. The mind is active. Now, as soon as we try to stop the mind from being active, the mind is just going to be more active, right? I mean, I'm sure you've discovered that. You know, It's like, oh, I need to stop my mind from being active. Good luck with that. Right? The mind is just active. And the way we, we sort of work with that, and you know, it may be active because you're involved in some really important project, or you may be like ruminating over the news, or you may be ruminating over a lost love, or whatever it is. You know? I mean, the mind just gets caught in its own stories. And uh, so f- the first thing is simply to say, uh, here it is. This is the mind. This is the mind in activity. Yeah? 
Now, the problem is, of course, that we then identify with all of that stuff. Okay, it's like, why does this always happen to me? Why are these, these thoughts are really bothering me? Why do I always have these thoughts? I, you know, this didn't, it, whatever it was, you know, we get caught up in all of that. So we're just continually latching onto it. These are my thoughts, you know, this is who I am at this moment, is this mine. So, you know, one mantra that's often introduced is, this is not mine, this does not belong to me, this is not who I am. It's like this, you know, these are just thoughts that are coming and going. So, mindfulness of mind is observing the rising and falling of thought, or the rising and falling of emotion. The arising and fading away. It's the continual arising and fading away. And um, some of you have heard me give this image before. You know, we have what what often will happen is that it'll be like we're in a big stadium with a cell phone. Well, this isn't a cell phone, but you know, with a, a, a cell phone, right? Where the game is out there. There are thousands of people around us, and we're just looking at this. Yeah. So, and and there's all this space, right? But because we are so identified with these thoughts, all we can do is look at that. So, <clears throat> recognizing that, okay, seeing that, and then really expanding the awareness, taking in sound. I forget which teacher it was who talks about, um, you know, you can't train a You can't train a wild horse by putting it in a small place. Basically, give it as much space as it wants. So as you you create that space, as you you open the awareness completely to everything coming and going. So you have the body. So we're grounded in the body. We know the body sitting here. We know sound. We just completely expand the awareness. And we know thought coming and going. We know mind states coming and going. Right? And we're simply noting that. Oh, this is the mind right now. Mind is really active. Um, Ajahn Chah talks about this, I think it was Ajahn Chah, talks about this thing called the still running water. Right? So you have this beautiful calm lake, which could be, one could say that's awareness beautiful calm lake. Running through that awareness is this stream, right? The stream is just those thoughts. If you actually looked at those thoughts, you will see that they're not complete thoughts. They're just fragments of thoughts. You will also see that they're uh, repeated thoughts, your favorite thoughts, you know. I'll often talk about committees of the mind, right? So you have the planning committee, relationship committee, family committee, you know. You know, did you call a board meeting? No, you know, but you know, suddenly all these committees showed up, you know, just let them go back to work. You know, so just, you can, you can just sort of notice, oh, there's that, there's that thought. And there's, there's that planning thought, there's my mother thought, there's, you know, whatever. I mean, we all have them, yeah. And, you know, as long as you sort of see it that way and don't, and, and you know, we take it so seriously. Oh God, this, you know, it's just thought coming and going, you know, continually. Um, and I think it's important to just sort of recognize that flow. So, huh. hmm. and, and even when the mind is quiet, or we think it's quiet, you'll see there's this kind of underlying rumble, yeah, of just little thoughts. Yeah. And that's important to notice as well. Um, so just be, just play with it. So to realize that you can tune into it, or you can really give it a lot of space. And when you give it that much space, um, it quiets down anyway. Because you know, how loud can it be? But but it's also, and and you have the body to come back to always. And that's so surprising because I did kind of expect you to say, narrow your field of focus and you said open it that's yeah that's interesting to try what would i what would you have narrowed it to, to the, the breath to the breath yeah, yeah that's one option but i mean if it's really pulling you away constantly then right. the only thing you can do is open up to it cool. yeah and it's just important to just label it name it 
This is the active mind. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Thanks. Um, thinking about everything I'm hearing, I, I don't have a practice, um, and but I have a, a comment on what I experienced, and then a question. Um, my mind was very active, but I didn't get upset with myself. And I realized how little time I have in my life where I let myself just be in my mind. You know, that, that plugging in and, you know, just that space was, was a gift. And, you know, there were little, it wasn't a perseveration, it was, oh, you know, and um, and then in terms of the physical, you know, I was wondering, hearing about the the back issues. I'm a, a physical therapist, and I thought, you know, what if if I'm uncomfortable? What if I practiced? If I'm not worried about falling asleep, what if I practiced on my back with my knees up in the mm -hmm. air? You know, Alexander pose. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it, absolutely. Would that, yeah, give me? Yeah, is there something missing in that? That no, you know, sitting. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, <clears throat> lying on your back with your knees up or with your knees with your legs flat. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're awake. You know, if you fall asleep, that's another matter. But you know, you want to be fully present. Um, and for some people, that's there's no option. You know. And at some point, we're going to end up on our back anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's face it, most likely, you know, I mean, it's just sort of, um, so you might as well practice now if, you, if that's all you can do. I mean, um, I mean, I don't mean to be depressing, but it's just the truth. Um, You know, w w what you were talking about before, though, in terms of just... So mindfulness is the mind watching the mind. Right? That's, I mean, it, we have this ability to be able to do that. To be able to actually observe our own mind. And, of course, in the process of observing our own mind, we then get caught in our mind, <laughs> you know, and, and start thinking. But the fact that we can just observe these thoughts coming and going, observe emotional states coming and going, is kind of remarkable, but it's also a problem. You know, I mean, it, it's cool that we can do it, but it's also what causes a lot of problems. Um, because then we identify with what's going on. Right? It's my, these are my thoughts, they're my, it's my jealousy, it's my sadness, it's my this, it's my that. And it's just a mind state coming and going. And as soon as we get wrapped in it, then we feed it, and it becomes ours, and we can't let it go. And so what we're practicing now is sort of reversing that process, and just sort of seeing it, naming it, and being with it, being present with it. So, um, you know, this is what, you, when Ruth Dennison talks about, you know, looking at it, being present with it as an act of kindness, that's why. It's an act of kindness, because, oh, there it is. This is how it is right now. This is the, the condition of this right now. I have, you know, I might be able to do something about it. I might not, but this is how it is right now. Am I going to fight it and make it worse, or am I just going to be present and open and, and uh, open to other options? Yeah. Yeah, I found when there was sound, it mm -hmm. was easier to not be in my mind. Yeah, and, and it's so and interesting I, that we think we, we see sound, we experience sound as different than thought, and it's just another sensation. Yeah, thought and sound. You know, we just identify with thought. We don't necessarily identify with sound unless it's bothering us, right? Then we don't like it. You know, and that's that's an interesting experience. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Thank you. 
I want to also say I'm very grateful for this place um, to come. It's helped me enormously. Um, uh, I don't have a question so much about my meditation, although I always have a question about it. I practice daily, um, 40 minutes every day. Um, and I'm doing the mindful stress reduction, which is just another way of, of seeing, tuning into being. I have this question, and it's just a simple question. We don't talk much here about awakening. Mm. I'm um, doing a whole class on that, starting in three weeks. Oh, really? It's called, What's Up With Waking Up? <laughs> wow. I'm going to look because up... Because I agree with you. you know. uh, we talk about dealing with our yeah. meditation as though it's well, another task that we have in life to, to perfect. I'm not, conf um, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just I, I try not to speak of it that way, but it's okay. I'm not saying that you do. Okay. I just You mean in general? Yeah. In general, there's okay. seem, and I have the same thing. Right. There's no yeah. criticism involved, um, a judgment of that. Um, but I read a lot about enlightenment, mm -hmm. about awakening. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a difference between awakening and enlightenment, or if it's just a slow, gradual... Right. path from one step to the other. Um, but that is something that I would like to experience. <laughs> yeah. Enlightening, awakening, nirvana. Third noble truth, right? First truth is the truth about suffering, the sec uh, that life is unsatisfactory. The second noble truth is the reason for that is craving and clinging. And the third noble truth is there is an end to this, mm -hmm. all right? So when, he, when the Buddha stated the third noble truth, he didn't, you know, he, he meant two, th I think he meant two things. I, okay. I don't really know, but I'm just conjecturing that he meant two things. One is that in each moment there is the possibility for freedom. Mm -hmm. That's awakening. Freedom from that suffering. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's also possible, you know, over time, that somebody will be completely free of suffering, period. All right? In the meantime, the rest of us, we recognize those moments when we are free of suffering, and that's being awake. When we are free from suffering, when, we're not when, when, when we can, can just be present with what is, without... It, see, so the mistake is that when, when, you're, when you hear awakening or when you hear enlightenment, you're expecting fireworks and all this stuff, and, you know, and that may happen, but that's really not, that's just an experience. <clears throat> being awake, being awake is being fully present with whatever is happening all the time. Mm -hmm. Not lost in thought, not being drawn away by everything, not being stuck in judgment, not being, uh, you know, held up in our own views, but simply being present all the time, you know. But in the meantime, you know, until that happens, you know, it's just, it's kind of bit by bit. And yes, there are people who will have sudden moments of awakening. So what's a sudden moment of awakening? A sudden moment of awakening is when you realize that there is uh, basically no separation between self and other. When, when, you, when you see that, you know, in a sense, everything is just a play. Right? And the only thing that keeps us from uh, enjoying that play, such as it is, you know, is the idea that there's me watching the play. Right? Mm -hmm. When you have a sudden awakening, it's, there's not that at all. It's just, it's, it's one thing. Now, there are a lot of, you know, I was reading, a, there's a new book called Awakening by Rodney Smith, and he was, he was talking about a, a survey that, a, that I'd read about earlier where you know, there's a huge number of people who have these moments of sudden awakening <laughs> mm -hmm. and they're so scared by it, they ignore it. You know, they don't want to find out what, it, what happened. Yeah? And then there's a small percentage of those people who actually you know, are, realize it and, and want to find out what actually happened. And so they'll find a path one way or the other. And then there are m many of us who know that it's possible and start down a path, this path, for instance, this Buddhist path, 
you know, and, and start to realize, oh yeah, this is, this is what's keeping me from this place, you know? And in those moments where you realize, ah oh, yeah, there's no craving, there's no clinging, I'm just being fully present with what it is. There's, I'm not, nothing needs to be any different. The worldly winds are calm. Or I'm, I'm riding, the, I'm, I'm riding the wave, the, I'm surfing the worldly winds or whatever, however one wants to put it. I'm not being driven by one thing or the other. That's a moment of awakening. We're expecting something much, much bigger, right? And so what's really going on is that <clears throat> everything changes, yet nothing changes. We live our lives but we're living from a different place, completely different place. So it's not, <clears throat> it's not a matter of lightning bolts, though that may be part of your experience, but that's not what it's about. Um, I, I, I've had such an experience. Which? About seven or eight years The lightning ago. bolts? Not lightning bolts, no. It was something happened. Mm -hmm. I could describe it here, but it was basically... Yeah a very unusual experience mm -hmm. that lasted almost three days. Mm -hmm. And um, it opened my eyes to understanding that it, it's like another plane of, it was like my brain was being downloaded with information that I had never even imagined, very fast, very fast. But everything on the outside of me was going very slow. Mm -hmm. And it felt like I was falling and couldn't stop and this information did not allow me to think. It, what, what was going through my head was some of the stuff was there is no right, no there is no wrong, there is no, there is no good, there is no bad, there mm -hmm. is no successful, there is no unsuccessful. It was really, but it was going fast. I mean, sure. it wasn't like I was thinking this yeah. stuff. And I thought, well, what would I have to grab onto? That was, was thinking in my head. Yeah. What will I grab onto? What right. will I grab onto? Right. How, if there is no good or bad, how can I work? How right. can I? Right. And I, I kept thinking I wanted to grab back onto reality, mm -hmm. but I didn't because this feeling was somehow freeing. Mm -hmm. But it went on um, a diminishing amount over three, two or three days. And I never forgot it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think of it as lack of suffering so much as um, enormous curiosity mm -hmm. for, for it and a feeling of wanting to be free. Yeah. Okay, of... Right, and then you find your way here, eventually. Actually, that yeah. sounds strange, but I could, that's yeah. a whole other story. Yeah. yeah. But um, so I, we're running out of time. But I, I, I just, but no, I mean, so you know, and and what you're describing, I mean, you know, the image of it is one thing, and but the actual uh, experience is another, and that that happens to a lot of people, really? a lot more people than we think. Yes, and many people are just scared of it and and let it go. Others, you know, actually find their way. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yes, so it's a, it's a topic that needs to, but it's also why we practice, you know, we practice to be awake. We practice to, 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 you know, shed the obstacles that keep us from being awake. We all, you know, it's, it's there in all of us, but we put up a lot of obstacles and that's why we practice is to drop those obstacles on a more continual basis. But I, um, but it's ten of twelve, I'm and sorry. I think we should. S no, it's fine. It was a big question. It was a, it was a small question, but a big question. Yeah. Um, and I want to sit a bit more before we. Thanks uh, a lot. Close. So thank you all for your questions, and reflections, and just. Uh, <coughs> so just settling back into the body, settling back into the chair, the cushion, the breath. Letting all the words fall away, all the questions fall away. Allowing the mind to be open, 
awareness to be open, sound, thought, mind states, arising and fading away, holding to nothing. Allowing the heart-mind to be open to every experience, every sensation. Opening the heart to the love and kindness which is present in all of us. It's obstructed often, but it's there nonetheless. Our practice is seeing through that obstruction. having compassion for ourselves, compassion for all beings. Beings who are close, close to us personally, close to us geographically, beings that are distant, beings that we love, beings that we're not so crazy about, beings that we barely know. So may the merit of our practice today, the merit of our practice every day, be shared for the well-being of all without exception. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering, free from fear and the causes of fear. May all beings be free and may all beings find peace.
Thank you all. Thanks for your silence and your questions and your generosity. Have a good afternoon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.